Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. How dissatisfied or discontent may you be at this very moment? Would it surprise you to hear that those feelings may not be altogether bad? This is the Q4 Impact Podcast. My name is Susan Kunzelman, and I'm here with Ron Regenstreit, the founder of Q4 Impact. Welcome, Ron. Well, that was an interesting uh, introduction, Susan. Little, it was a little different. <laughs> a little different. Yeah, we as humans are definitely programmed to seek peacefulness and contentedness and satisfaction and when the clouds of trouble start blowing our way, uh, it's hard for us to recognize the good part of some of that trouble or pressure. And I think that's some of what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. Because the Bible definitely gives a little different way of thinking. So some people may already be going where I'm about to go, and that is in Philippians 4.11, where the example of Paul is held up as helping us learn to be content in any and every situation. And while that was talking about more supply and actual external needs, when you read further, um, it talks about striving to forget what's behind and strive towards what's ahead. And in my mind, that denotes that his attitude did not fall into a place of complacency as if, okay, I've done enough, I've I've experienced enough, you know, good enough. And I think that that is the challenge that we do want to address because if as believers in Christ, we are no longer passionate about growing in our love and in our obedience to the Lord then that's where complacency as Christians can begin to creep in. Uh, again, like so many of the topics that we tackle, uh, there's a there's a delicateness at this topic because it's not like you have to be on a hundred percent of the time, or you you know you need to be serving or witnessing or you know twenty four hours a day. Um, and I. Certainly, I know you would you would say the same thing about yourself. We don't. I don't see myself as some super disciple. You know, someone who's, you know, just has mastered this. But uh, I do want to do want to highlight that sacrifice for me doesn't come naturally. I I don't feel like doing the things that I know God wants me to do all of the time. Some of the time, and maybe even for many weeks or months, most of the time, but uh, not all the time. And and so I'm glad that when I'm forced or I'm put in a situation or circumstance where my attitude isn't what it could be or should be, it's that process that drives me to my knees and causes me to recognize yeah. that you know, I need more of Jesus. I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. And uh, as we as as we enter into the fourth quarter of our lives, or if we're already in the fourth quarter of our lives, we have large chunks of hours mm. that 
are now kind of free mm-hmm. that we didn't have before. Uh, many of us, most of us uh, were for many years full of engaging with our families and our careers. And that took up 10, 12, 14 hours, 16 hours of our day. And if you're at that stage of life where your your career has come to a close and your family has grown, and for many of us, they don't even live near us. So now there's this, this absence of, of, there's this block of time that our main role in life has been removed. And so what are we filling those hours with? And here's where I think we're going to call out what seems to be the common message that our culture is, is bringing to us. I think what's being sold to us, what's, what's being presented to us is fill those hours with leisure and the, you know, pleasure, do all the things you wish you could do and, you know, just do them all and make that fill your, your hours. And I'm just going to sound an alarm. Uh, that's not the answer to a fulfilling life. That's going to, to, to bring the topic that we're discussing complacency. And I would even say spiritual complacency is, is when we buy in to things other than being disciples of the Lord Jesus, then we can't help but losing our fire, our passion, our, our drive, and our desire to serve him. And Philippians, the second chapter, it's for many of us of a, a very common verse. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who though he was the son of God, took upon himself the form of a servant. He became a servant. Uh, if I would paraphrase that portion of scripture, I would say he became a giver. He was a giver. And that's the example that he set for us is to be givers. That's what our lives should always be filled with. In the early years, we're giving ourselves to our career. We're giving ourselves to our families, which are appropriate. And obviously, the the giving of ourselves to our family continues. But for most of us, it's a much less uh, amount of time required. Another verse of scripture that reinforces what I'm talking about is that that we're to work out our salvation with fear and and trembling. We don't come to a stage of life and then, oh, okay, now I can kick back and now it's time to relax. Or, you know, I, I don't know. Someone must have come into my house in the middle of the night and tore out the pages of the Bible where that's the message. Because I can't find it. I can't find justification to spend the last quarter of my life pursuing selfish goals and pleasures. So, And if you just take the word work that's in that verse, I think that we could make an argument that when we become more self-satisfied or uncritically content, 
with where we are, we actually stop working. And that doesn't do anything good for us, especially spiritually, which is what you're saying. And when you were talking about the risk inherent in becoming complacent to our spiritual lives, there is a really good quote by A.W. Tozer that I found as we were preparing for this. And it says, complacency is the deadly enemy of spiritual progress. The contented soul is the stagnant soul. And I don't think anyone would say that they want to live their lives that way. But yet, as I listen to you speak, Ron, the thought that is coming to my mind is that you're sounding the alarm to those in the fourth quarter to either shake themselves out of a complacency that may have crept in because of the culture in this additional time. Um, I'm beginning to think of it like even in my mindset, because I'm still in that stage of life where my hours feel like too few for all that is there. And so the idea of relaxing, of being able to kind of disconnect, just be still, like it's almost that appeal. And so I think in both segments of the population, it requires this paradigm shift in the way that we are intentionally choosing to live our lives. Um, not out of balance. I hear you saying, yes, seek the right balance, but to be mindful that if we're not intentionally assessing how we're filling those hours, we are going to become complacent. And that has a dire negative effect on our spiritual life. It does. And, and that's, of course, again, the it's this is delicate. We're not talking about living a life that has no pleasure involved in it. It's just being recognizing that we have to look at this honestly and and read you know what scripture is saying to us about how life should be lived mm-hmm. and then look at how we're living it and is it, are we are we in the game? is it is this describe is my does my life look like? what a disciple's life should look like. And again, when I ask myself that question, there are days where I feel like I can say, yes, this was a full day. I think I was engaged in many, you know, worthwhile things during the day, or I've had a, I've had a long week and I decided to play golf on, you know, today. And it, it was okay. I, you know, it was, it was a reward for, you know, my my week's labor and just making sure that the proportion is healthy uh, because the, the message of scripture is we have to be willing to hear things about life and about ourselves that aren't so pleasing at times. You know, the revelation, the early chapters when he, the writer is addressing the church the church isn't uh, isn't described very pleasantly. Words being used like lukewarm and compromising and loveless. Uh, no, thank you. I really don't want to sign up for any of those categories. I don't want my life to be described that way. And I've got to be willing to be somewhat, I don't know, 
hard on myself, but just accurate with myself. Yeah. Is is my approach to life line up with what I hear and what I read scripture saying? And and Susan, there are times where I, I gotta make I gotta watch it because I like everyone else, I can get distracted and and fall into just slumps or seasons of of being complacent. I don't I don't want to do that. I think it it's natural for all of us. Um, we have to fight it. <laughs> what is the? I don't know if this is even applicable, but it's like an object at rest stays at rest, and so we need to combat the tendency to just automatically follow routines, be mindless in the way we go about life, and instead shift to being more attentive and intentional about how we're going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that's the call. So let's talk about how we do that. What are some ways that we can counter the complacency that comes so naturally and the dangers that it brings with it. There are time, there have been times in my life where I came to the recognition that I hadn't shared the gospel in a really long time. And I wasn't happy when that thought, when I when I looked at that and had said, Wow, when was the last time I witnessed to somebody? God's word describes the relationship that we have with him as a partnership. Like we are partners with God in proclaiming the gospel. You know, those of you that know me know that the company that I founded and co-founded, I had is a fantastic partner. I really did. Mike Goldstone I hit I hit the jackpot with with Mike, but as great as he is, he's not as good as the partner I have in um, in partnering with God in ministry and in wanting to make a contribution to other people's lives. What a privilege to to be able to say, I'm on God's team. I, I get to. I get to do life with him. I get to to present his life on the airplane, at the grocery store, to my neighbor, to a hotel, at the hotel when I'm checking in, to the Uber driver when I'm on my way to the airport. The opportunities to present the gospel are limitless, but we have to decide that that's the life we're going to live. We're we're going to step out and 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 proclaim and partner with God. People, you're not going to get into an Uber, you know, car, and the guy's going to say, "So, uh, do you believe in God?" You know, that's is not going to initiate that conversation. It's got to come from us, and it it's got to come from our willingness to to put ourselves out there and. Uh, so, yeah, I I think with that funny example, but it's true. How many of us have traveled, and you know there are times we can think about getting on an airplane. And I've been in this position where there have been times I've I've been tired, and I thought, 
I just, I hope that I get a seat to myself or I hope I don't get someone talkative. And then the Holy Spirit will convict me because I realize, no, the Lord may be orchestrating an opportunity for me to share his light and his love. And am I willing to forego my own comfort, my own ease? In essence, you could say complacency to be willing to partner with what the Lord may be putting together. And that is really the the choice. And we have those choice points throughout our days if we are awake and alert to them. And I think it, it just comes down to whether we're going to want God and his ways more than we're going to want our own and the ease that comes with complacency. Yeah, I don't remember ease being one of the fruits of the Spirit or uh, something God asking us to pursue. Uh, I do recall the verse of Scripture in the Sermon on the Mount where uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that that verse of Scripture has rung true for me so much of my life. And the the need is everywhere. There, there's you can't everywhere we go. Uh, we're just in the middle of so many folks that need to hear the good news of Jesus. And who's going to tell them if it's not you or if it's not me? Who is it? So it's a call to not live a comfortable life, not live an easy life, and. I think, honestly, Susan, that's what we're being told. That's Mm -hmm. what we should do when we retire is just take the easy road. And I say fooey to that. I say (laughs) take the high road. Let's do our part and let's show courage and initiative and, and look for ways that God can use us in delivering his love to people who really need to hear. Yeah, it's a good challenge. Something as I that comes to my mind as I hear you speak is I have heard people say, and maybe someone even listening, I just I don't have the same want to. Like there's no desire. Like what you sound what you're talking about sounds good, but there's nothing inherent in me. And I think my answer to that is and I've even talked to people about this, God can give us the what to. You know, he's the one that stirs our faith, that that brought us to him in the first place. And so I think I want to, to lay forth a challenge to pray like David did in Psalm 139, to search me, oh God, know my heart, know my mind, and show us if there is an area where we have allowed our choices, our own selfish desires, for lack of a better way of putting it, to foster complacency and to ask him to give us the want to, to break out of that and to truly go after, go hard after the things that you're talking about to live sacrificially for his kingdom and for his glory. I think we need to want to have the want to. And there's a verse that comes to mind of it's God in us, working in us Mm -hmm. to cause us to do and and I'm gonna butcher this, 
God for his purpose. And uh, so it's we need God for the desire to serve him often. And all the time. <laughs> yeah. And that's a prayer I think God loves to hear from us is, Lord, I don't have it. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. Lord, make me want to. Help me to want to. Put put something in me that that isn't in me. And that's that's a good prayer to pray because you're praying the will of God for your life. Yes. And I don't want people to, to hear this and think it has to be some, you know, get on a plane and witness. This is as practical and as basic as God, give me the want to to serve my family, to serve my employer, to to break out of what is just norm and routine and mindless and to be very attentive and um, intentional about the way that we are living for the Lord. So it's both. It's the everyday um, practical things, and it's those unique opportunities into which God invites us to participate that we then get the, the joy of walking away from just kind of, you know, shaking our heads and feeling like we were on holy ground. Amen. Amen. <laughs> There's a one last verse that comes to my mind. I think it's um is a is it Ephesians three twenty that says that He is able to do abundantly more than all that we could ask or imagine, and um, that excites me when I think about um, purposes into which I know He's called me that are hard, and that at times I would rather take the easy road. And even in preparing for this, there are some that it stirred me to not, to not get too comfortable, to not, to not just sit back and let things happen, but to trust him and to partner with him, to cast off and counter complacency so that we can work together for his glory and for the good that he has planned. Any final words, Ron? I think, uh, I think that that's a wrap. For today, Suze, I love the last verse you you just used. I, your co-host is a prime example of, of of God doing abundantly above anything I could have ever imagined or thought of. So, um, well, that is very kind of you. It is fun to do this together, and I hope that our listeners are also getting a lot out of it. Probably, even if we're getting the most out of it by all that we're learning and how the Lord is working. We're praying that he works through our words as well. So next week, we hope you'll tune in where we're going to be talking about a topic. It's really a decision around which every single one of us must make a choice. We hope to see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.